This, this looks good to me. Hey, we're going to be looking at a topic in the morning service just with, the, with you all about having biblical hope. I'll tell you what, this is a world that needs hope like never before. And I really want you to understand that because if you don't understand hope right, you can really get confused about who God is, why he doesn't do things the way you would or the way you think he should. And this is really going to help you. Do you have any hopes like, I hope that girl's looking at me? You never had that hope, did you? Or, or you do some great move on the basketball court, you know, I hope she saw that. You know, come on. On a serious note, some of you, I hope my parents stay together. Serious, serious issue some of you are going through. I, I hope I don't get beat up when I go to school. I hope these friends don't tell those friends about that mistake I made. There are a lot of hopes that scare us. You know why they scare us? Because we don't think in terms of biblical hope. We think in terms of an earthly hope. And I, when I say earthly, I, I don't mean fleshly. I don't mean sinful hope. I mean there's a, a hope that the world lives by. And I'm going to describe and define that for you in a moment. And then there's the hope that Christians live by. And I want to show you the difference and that the reality of living in the hope of Jesus completely is a game changer in your life. And, and not when you get older. It's a game changer right now. Here's, here's earthly hope. I call it earthly hope because it's just hope that relates to people that live on the earth. This is the way they view the word hope hope. If you're taking notes, I think there's a spot to put this in there. Earthly hope is desire, something you want, something you hope happens. It's desire mixed with uncertainty. Like, I, I really want this to happen. I wanted her to see that move. I just don't know if she did. She looking? Is she smiling? I, I hope he shares his ice cream with me, you know. I don't know if he's going to, and he's walking this way, and you're hoping he's coming to you, and then he goes to the girl next to you, and you go, oh, hey. There's this hope. There's a desire, but you're not sure what's going to happen. We all feel that at different times, every one of us. It's not a sinful see a feeling. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that uncertainty can really sometimes get us in a wreck. We just our tummy, our stomach turns upside down. We're like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Earthly hope. I hope it happens. Then there's biblical hope. Biblical hope, instead of being something I desire mixed with uncertainty, it begins with something guaranteed. I know it to be true. There's certainty, but it's mixed with waiting. So, so I, I know I've got it. I just don't have it yet. Um, Christmas Eve, you go down to the Christmas tree and you see all the presents underneath. 
You can't open them yet. It's not until tomorrow. But it's there, and you know it's there. And there's that, ooh, I can't wait till tomorrow to open them. You don't look at those and say, oh, I hope I get some presents tomorrow. There's a confidence that they're there. You see that they're there, and and you know that you're going to have them, but you can't have it yet. That's biblical hope. And if we, we begin to understand that, I'm telling you, it's a complete game changer in your life. It's hoping for something from Jesus. When Jesus says, this is what's going to happen, we can put our hope in it because our trust in it, our faith goes in it. We can live as though it happened, even though we know we have to wait for it. When you wait for something that you know is going to happen, that's a whole lot easier than waiting, hoping something's going to happen you're not sure is going to. And, uh, and so that's where I want us to, to look at this morning to try to understand that. I want you to see how this works. So I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. And the first thing we're going to do is look at this earthly hope and how it's based on, here's how you recognize it. It's based on my desire, not God's promises. Now, this may sound simple, but it doesn't mean my sinful desires. You could be desiring something good. But if it's based on your desire and not on promises, and you're uncertain, you're not sure it's going to happen, then it's going to be earthly hope. Luke chapter 23, Jesus has been arrested. And Herod and Pilate are kind of tossing him back and forth as to who's going to deal with this Jesus. That's the situation here. And it's just moments or days before he's crucified and then will rise again from the dead. That's the context of this story of Luke chapter 23. And I just want to begin in reading verse 7. And uh, by the way, I, I realized somebody mentioned it today. I'm reading out of uh, NIV, so I don't know what versions you all have, probably a bunch of different versions. It doesn't matter to me. The story's the same. But if it sounds a little different, I just wanted you to know that's why uh, it may, the words may be a little different. Verse 7, when he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, that's Pilate, when Pilate learned that, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. So Pilate didn't know what to do with Jesus, so he sent him over to Herod. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see Jesus. From what he had heard about him, now listen, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. So Pilate says, they just arrested Jesus. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. I got the Jews wanting him dead, but he hasn't really broken any law. And I know I'll send him to Herod. Herod says, oh, wait, you got Jesus? Well, I've heard he's done some pretty cool things. I'd hoped to have the opportunity to see his sideshow. To see him perform some cool miracle. 
See, his hope was not based in any promise of God. His hope was based on desire, but it's not a bad desire. I want to see God do something. I want to see Jesus do a miracle. But he hoped to see Jesus do something special, some sign of some sort. So he plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing Jesus. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe, and they sent him back to Pilate. So he didn't give me what I wanted. Man, I was excited to see Jesus. I wanted to see him do something special. I wanted to see some kind of miracle. I hoped in Jesus to see something special. That was what Herod said. And Jesus did not give Herod what he hoped for. You understand? That hope is based on just something I want to fulfill my desire. So there was an uncertainty. He didn't know if he'd get a chance to see Jesus, but he hoped that he would. And so there was this desire to see Jesus do something mixed with uncertainty, not sure I'm going to get the chance to. And Jesus felt no obligation to fulfill that man's earthly hope because it was based on all the wrong things. Are there other people that Jesus came across that hoped to see Jesus do us a miracle? Yeah, the crowds came to him with that. But they came because they hoped to learn something about who this man was. And Jesus understood the difference. So we're gonna, we'll talk about that in a moment. But see, the, the key principle here is that Herod desired to see Jesus do some miracle, but that's just earthly hope. You see, earthly hope should be directed at God's promises to keep us from trusting in ourselves, but to, to put us in a position where if God promised it, even though I don't have it yet, it's as real as though it already happened to me. That's biblical hope. Look at Luke chapter 24, just over a page. And in verse 13... When we start there, we have, uh, it's after Jesus died on the cross. He stayed in the grave three days. He rose from the dead. And only a few people had seen him alive. The rumors had begun, began to spread saying, hey, Jesus rose from the dead. And, and if you study it out, the, the women were saying that. And the men are thinking, our women are going crazy. They're having visions. They weren't believing what they had said. And I'll show you that in a moment. But that's where we pick up this story. Now watch verse 13. Now that same day, two of them, two disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Talk about real. Here's Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, but he didn't let them know who he was yet. Watch this. But they were kept from recognizing him. So there's Jesus, proof of the resurrection right there, and they're still wondering and doubting because they didn't recognize him yet. 
verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? Let me ask you, did Jesus know what had happened in those days? Nobody knows better than Jesus what happened in those days. Because he went through it. But they asked him that. And Jesus, in his coy little self, says, Ah, uh, what things? Like to make it, make them talk about it. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. Is that present tense or past tense? That's past tense. He was a prophet, meaning he's, he's not anymore. Why, is, why do they think he's not a prophet anymore? Because they think he's dead. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped. Watch this. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Now, was he the one to redeem Israel? Yes. Was he promised to be the one who would redeem Israel? Yes. Then why isn't this biblical hope? If it's based on, if it's based on what God promised, why wouldn't this hope be biblical hope? Because it was still mixed with uncertainty. Even though it was based on the right thing, they looked at it and said, I hope the prophecies come true. That means they desired the prophecy to come true, but they don't have certainty. And if they don't have certainty in what God says, then in the fulfillment of it right before their eyes, they can't see the joy they feel sorrow. It didn't stop it from happening. Jesus did become the, the redeemer of Israel and of us. But they didn't get to experience the joy of it because they were still living with earthly hope. Even though it was on one of God's promises. So when, when you read God's word, you have to say, this stuff is real. Not, I hope it's real. It's, I have hope in the fact that it's real. You see how opposite those hopes can be? Let me show you another one that I, I really love this one. We'll, we'll end with this. And this is where, where it works in the right way. Go to the book of Romans in chapter 4. I read this passage, I can't tell you how many times got all kinds of good stuff out of it, but it wasn't until I was studying biblical hope that the real meaning of these verses just jumped out of the page at me. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. <clears throat> I'm going to read it first, then we're going to go back and talk about the words uh, here. You'll see why in a moment. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Against all hope. 
Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Let me stop right there. Which hope is that? Earthly hope or biblical hope? How about both? Against all hope, what hope would that be? Earthly hope. Against all hope. I mean, really want it to happen, and, and, but it shouldn't happen. It's like there's uncertainty in it. Against all of what, what you should normally feel should happen, against that hope, he had hope. Confidently. What hope is that? That's the biblical hope. Now watch what this did for him. I mean, this I had seen it before, but not to this magnitude. This is, this is big, okay? This, is, this blew my mind. Here we go. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So starting off, he had that hope because it was promised to him. God told him, it's going to be this way. And that gave him the confidence that it's going to be that way. It's not just that he wanted a child. It's not just that he wanted to be a father of nations and wondered if it was going to happen. God told him, this is what's going to happen. So he believed it. Keep reading. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith. I want you to underline that in your Bible if you do that kind of thing. Without weakening in his faith. In other words, did his faith get less and less because of what we're about to read? No, it got what? Stronger and stronger. He went deeper and deeper. Watch this. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact, the fact that his body was as good as dead. The fact that since he was about 100 years old and his, Sarah's, uh, his wife's womb was also dead, he faced the fact, you want certainty? My body cannot produce a baby. You want more certainty? I'm 100 years old. You want more certainty? My wife's womb is dead. She cannot have children. But God promised me. And I do not lose faith because the facts of God's promises are greater than the facts of this world. Sink that in, folks. They're trying to teach you all kinds of stuff about science, saying it's fact. I got to tell you something. God's word is way more factual than that. You got to learn to trust what God says. And Abraham says, you know, without weakening in my faith, I'm not, I don't want you to think I doubted God when I say this, but I recognize the absolute fact that it was beyond the possibility of bearing children after God told me I would. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about my faith. I'm talking about my situation. I was in an impossible situation, but my faith didn't waver. Now keep reading. Now that we understand where he's at, verse 20. <clears throat> he, yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. That is the definition 
of biblical hope. He had to wait. How long did he have to wait? A hundred years. That's a long time to wait, but yet he waited with certainty. But in fact, here's where biblical hope comes in. Watch what biblical hope does. Not only did he mentally agree that it still is going to happen because God promised, but, verse 20, halfway through the verse, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God by being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. It's like every day that went by and he couldn't bear a child, everybody else's doubt increased and their faith decreased. Abraham just said, no, 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 you guys are all backwards. You don't understand. The fact that it's getting harder and harder and more and more impossible is just to prove how big God is. Wow. That's faith. The more you get backed in the corner and there's no answer, you go, oh, this is great because God's going to come through and I know it. I can't wait to see how he does it. You get back further in the corner and they put chains around you and you're like, we're getting out of here because there's complete confidence in faith, not in my desires because my desires can fail but in what God promised. And when you know what God promises and you have your faith in God, this stuff is real. Nothing can take away God's promises. Then even in the middle of those trials, just like Abraham, you have the confidence to be happy, to see the end result before it ever comes, to say, my God never fails. My desire for you this week is to learn to have biblical hope and to recognize when you have earthly hope, I hope this happens. I hope this goes well. Even even if that earthly hope is placed in something good, I hope I go to heaven. If somebody says, "I, I hope I'm going to heaven, I hope... His blood on the cross paid for my sin. I I hope he really did raise from the dead like he said. Is that faith? See, in order to have faith, you have to cross over from earthly hope to biblical hope. Just like those disciples had hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel, people today hope that he's going to save them. No, 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 no. When I confess my sins before Jesus Christ... And I say, God, forgive me of my sin. Because I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead. All doubt should be removed. Because we have biblical hope in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that each and every camper that's here, and even counselors, staff, would understand the value of biblical hope to have full confidence that you will do what you say and that we'd be willing to let go of those earthly desires and the earthly hopes that we have and recognize that you have a better path for us. 
Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior or they doubt their salvation, that with true biblical hope and confidence in your promises would even look to you right now and say, Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe you truly did die on the cross and shed your blood to pay for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And I believe that you grant forgiveness and salvation, and I'm asking for it. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for accepting me. Now, if you just did that, or if you're still going through some questions and need to do that, talk to your counselor. Tell them, I want to talk about salvation or being saved or being sure of my salvation. Don't wait till Thursday or Friday for that. Do that today. With that, we're going to dismiss. And um, I, I want to, we're supposed to, I'm supposed to make the announcement at 1045. You're supposed to be back in this 